This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We are about to conclude our series on deliverance here, and we are excited about it. Uh, It's good to be here with you. Um, and those that are watching this again after the live broadcast and maybe even listening to our podcast, um, my prayer is that this word ministers to you. I pray that uh, you get revelation of who you are in Christ and that you operate in the power of God. So, Father, we thank you for this day and this moment uh, to sit at your table and get in your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. All right, guys, we're going to jump right in. What we're going to do today is just look in the book of Acts, okay, and how the church, God's people, um, operated in the power of God, okay? So we must, as believers, uh, believe God. You know, the Bible says, this is how we please him, that we believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's impossible to, to please God when we don't believe him for who he is, okay? And, um, you know, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so what we're gonna talk about today is just that not only does God desire that we experience his power, that he touches us and his power fills us, but uh, we also um, are called to operate in the power of God. Not just that we experience his power, but that we operate in the power of God of the Holy Spirit, all right? And so we're gonna jump right into this, okay? Here we go. All right, so we're gonna look at some some narratives, some some storyline, if you will, in the book of Acts. So let's jump right in. Acts chapter five, and we're gonna start at verse 12. We're gonna read verse 12 to 16. Okay, so this is um, only chapter five in Acts, okay? Um, And so, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul isn't on the scene just yet. But Peter is, early church leaders, okay? And so, um, so here we go. Uh, starting in verse 12, um, it says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Um, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Verse 13, yet none, okay, of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Okay, so there was like this reverence, this 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 reverence. Um, in there were moments of reverence in the early church. Okay, reverence or or this kind of like you know some people were afraid to join. Power of God was moving, but they were also being persecuted. Okay, so verse fourteen and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Powerful, powerful. Verse 15, so that they brought the sick out into the streets 
and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Verse 16, here it is. Also a multitude gathered from around, from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem. So they are still in Jerusalem at this point. They have not done what Jesus said to go into all the world. They have not gone into, you know, you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. They have still just stayed in Jerusalem, okay? Predominantly Jewish believers, they're not trying to go anywhere, right? Okay, so uh, but so verse 16 again, uh, also a multitude gathered from, a, from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, okay? Bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed, okay? So there, you know, you got people sick, you got people tormented by unclean spirits, demonic spirits, not the Holy Spirit. It, it wasn't just, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just mental. It wasn't just uh, emotional. It wasn't just physical. But these people, it says sick people, and those who were tormented, okay? This is why deliverance is so important. Those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were all healed, okay? So God's people, Acts chapter five, not too long after the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit's here in the earth. Op not, they weren't just experiencing God's power, but they were conduits of God's power. It wasn't just that they were praying to God to touch them. They were praying for others and God was touching them. Okay, so my first point is this, is, is operate in spiritual power, okay? Not just any spirit, I'm, I'm speaking of God's power. Another way to say it is, you know, we are called to operate in spiritual power. I'm gonna say it a different way. We all, as believers, the body of Christ, right? Uh, Christ followers, those that are housing the Holy Spirit, those that have the word of God, those that have experienced salvation, God's grace, have put their faith in Jesus. We all are called to operate in God's power, not just experience it for myself, but to operate in it. Not just God's power for me, but God's power through me, okay? So you see this here, that God can directly deliver and touch somebody, right? In their own prayer time, or just, God just touched somebody, right? That, that happened. That happened to the Apostle Paul on his road to Damascus. He was delivered. Come on, somebody, right? And so God has done that to us and for us, right? But also you see here in the book of Acts that God's people were operating in power, that people that were tormented by unclean spirits were, were brought to them and they were delivered. People that were sick were brought to God's people and God's people prayed for them and they were healed, okay? So people being tormented by demonic spirits is a reality of human existence, okay? So this, there are more people tormented by unclean spirits than you realize. Okay, they might not even know what it is, but we must 
as the church, the body of Christ, know that there are problems in people's lives and those problems are spiritual. Not all of them are spiritual per se. If you hear what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes um, things are very, you can do something very practical to remedy problems in our lives, okay? I'm not throwing out common sense, but we must see in the early church, they had Holy Spirit sense, if you will, right? They had an awareness of how to deal with people that were tormented. Now, tormentor, tormented does not mean possessed. These demons, these unclean spirits did not have ownership of these people, but they were in fact and in truth tormented, okay? So why are we preaching on deliverance? Because we do not have to tolerate demonic torment. We do not have to tolerate or accept as the norm that demonic torment is, is, is quote unquote normal or okay. No, in Christ, we can come to him and somebody else can pray for us. We can pray for ourselves and we can take authority over demonic torment. Can I get an amen somebody? So the word torment in the Greek, I'm gonna read this to you. Uh, I'll break this down. Look, this is in the Bible, folks, torment. Torment is real, spiritual torment, demonic torment, okay? Um, once again, all of the, you know, we, we have people in our community that are professional um, in, in the world of therapy and all that, and uh, I, I apologize. I don't know all the proper terms or the levels of all that, and that definitely has its place, but I know somebody involved in the world of um, psych, in the psychiatric world, and they um, are aware that things they have run into, even in uh, the psychiatric world of people and their mental problems, they have come face to face with actual spiritual activity that is demonic, that the world or this natural uh, perspective would say, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's just biological, mental, slash chemical. Not, I'm not throwing that out, okay? I'm not the one to be so extreme on the spiritual side that I don't, I, I recognize, I, I mean, come on now, we have an actual, actual mind. This thing is, is actual, our brain is actual matter. And so there are chemicals in there and you know what I'm saying? Like, so I get it, totally get it. But I know people in that world and they have, actually reached out to me and called me and says, hey, man, can you pray for me? Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and and they've witnessed, okay, this is not natural. This, the, 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 the torment this person's dealing with, there is something unseen that is perceived on a spiritual level, like this is demonic, this is devilish. Something is tormenting this person, all right? So here it is, this is what it means, okay? Torment, okay? We must... Uh, take authority over this in the name of Jesus. But here it is, tormented by unclean spirits. It means to be disturbed, troubled, worried, vexed, confused. Now, does it mean every time I'm disturbed, troubled, vexed, or confused, it's a total demonic spirit? No, I'm not saying that either. But this is how this spirit manifests in people's lives. It means to harass. This is really what the definition is. It means to harass like an uncontrolled mob. 
So uh, have you ever been in an environment where it's just a out of control, bunch of people just crazy, right? Um, and you're like, whoa, this is out of control. I need to get out of here. I I'm sure we've all experienced things like this is out of control. I remember being in downtown San Francisco when I was a teenager and I was caught in the midst. I know LA was far worse uh, as far as the riots, the Rodney King riots. I was stuck in downtown San Francisco that same night that happened and there was um, you know, a lot of craziness going on, police out, uh, stuff burning down, looting and stuff. And I was like, whoa, I was, you know, I just, it was like, man, this is like anarchy. So that's how this demonic spirit causes people to feel. It's just out of control. It, it, it's, it's dumb. It's a dominating influence with the force of, of, of a, of a mob. Okay. So, um, so this is what it means, like a tumultuous mob pushing the entrapped person to their destination, okay? Torment, torment. Say this with me, say, come out in the name of Jesus, right? Okay, and so they were healed. This is beautiful. We just kind of spoke about um, therapy there a little bit, but it's very interesting. It says these People that were tormented, okay, disturbed, troubled, worried, vexed, confused, harassed by a demonic spirit. They came, they prayed for them, and they were healed. Somebody say healed. And so this word healed is where we get the word therapy. It's where we get the word therapeutic, okay? And so the Greek definition of therapeutic, okay, it means reversing a condition to restore a person having some sort of illness, disease, or infirmity. Hallelujah. So Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, will deliver people of torment. Okay, that is what God does. This is what, this is what he, we, we need. Can I say this, guys? Come on, I'm a pastor, right? But we all, we all need, in some respect, or have needed, okay, um, spiritual therapy. Come on, somebody, okay? Uh, we all need this. We need God's presence, the power of God, the Spirit. Why? Because this is what he does. He reverses the condition. He restores us from the, the ills, the illness, the disease, the infirmity, the, the, he heals us of the confusion, the worry, the vexation. He heals us of the disturbance internally, the trouble. He heals us of the demonic harassment, okay? Hallelujah. Jesus desires to heal us, to heal God's people, to heal people that are being harassed by demonic spirits. Somebody say deliverance is for me, okay? So this is powerful though, okay? Somebody say therapy, okay? Okay, that, that's healing. Somebody say healing. Say this, let me say Jesus heals us. Okay, say this again, say this, say this as well. Say Jesus gives us spiritual therapy, okay? And what is so powerful about this word, this word in the Greek, healing, okay? It also 
has another, this other Greek word tied to it, which is, this, this, this is going to say a lot here. And, and it is the Greek word therapon. Okay, it's a derivative of therapy. It's a derivative of being healed. It's a Greek word, therapon, T-H-E-R-A-P-O-N. That's how we would spell the pronunciation in English. Therapon, okay? And this word, therapon, means to worship, okay? It means to worship. It is a word for worship. It also means, by definition, therapon means to adore God, okay? And this is why worship is therapeutic. This is why worship is a weapon. This is why praise and worship bring deliverance to us. This is why when Saul, King Saul, now Old Testament, was tormented by demonic spirits, David came and worshiped God. He played the harp and the torment left him. Why? Because by definition, worship means therapy. Okay, so we worship God because he's worthy. But when we tell God who he is, he begins to do therapy on us. He begins to do some soul surgery. Come on, somebody. That's why the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people, right? Worship, man. Some, some, sometimes we need therapy, but I'm telling you, come on, let, let, let's start with worship. Let's just give God praise. Come on now. What is that song in your heart? Come on now. The devil's got to go. I'm telling you, therapon. It means to adore God, to worship. And then what happens as a result of that? The word therapon, it means to relieve of disease, to relieve of confusion, to relieve of the torment. It means to cure, to heal. Come on, somebody. We need to get our worship on. We need to get our therapon on so we can receive some therapy from Jesus. Here's my next point, folks, is that worship is therapeutic. Worship is therapeutic. Why? Why is worship therapeutic? Because God is, by definition, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Worship gets him here. And when we worship, he heals. When we worship, he restores. When we worship, he delivers. I'm telling you, worship is therapeutic. Communion with God is therapeutic. Prayer should be therapeutic. All right, prayer is a bunch of things. And communion with God is a bunch of things. But it is also therapeutic. Fellowship with God's people, other believers. Authentic connection with God's people in relationship. That, my brothers and sisters, is therapeutic. Why? Because he is in our midst. Say it with me, folks. Say worship is therapeutic. Acts chapter eight. Let's go to Acts chapter eight, starting in verse four. I'm gonna read to verse eight. Okay, so persecution happens. From chapter five, chapter eight, within that range, a lot of stuff happens. 
Uh, but persecution happened. And so what happened? When persecution hit, they scattered. So because they didn't leave Jerusalem, as Jesus said more than once to them, um, in different contexts, Mark chapter 16, um, as well as Acts, Acts 1, Acts 2, the command, the commission was to go. But they stayed in Jerusalem. God did things there, but God's like, it's time to get out of here. It's time to move. It's time to go. It's time to mobilize. Okay. So Acts 8 verse 4. This is as a result of that, what, what would happen. So therefore, Acts 8 verse 4, um, and I'll read all the way to verse 8. I might have said that already. But here we go. Acts 8 verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Uh, crossing uh, socioeconomic lines, crossing religious lines. I mean, man, that was a huge deal. But that's what G Jesus told him to do. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Samaria is the others, the other folks, the folks you don't kick it with, the folks you don't hang with. You got to cross, get on the other side of the railroad tracks here, on the other side of the tracks. And so Philip did that. He preached Christ to them. Verse six, um, real quick, just instant um, caveat here. Interesting caveat, little side note is um, Samaritans had like this mix of belief because they were truly half Hebrew people. And so they kind of mixed their pagan rituals with uh, Semitic tradition as far as Jehovah God. And so they believed that they should worship on a different mountain and all that as Jesus had that encounter with the woman at the well. And she kind of knew her stuff, but, he, but Jesus, you know, kind of navigated all that. And anyway, a different story, but, but it's interesting that Philip preached Jesus is the Christ. Why? Because they had an understanding of a coming Messiah to some degree. And so he went there preaching the very message that they could immediately kind of identify with. Okay, you'll notice in the book of Acts that the, when preaching to the Jews, they said he's the Christ. Why? That told the Jewish people everything. We believe the Messiah is here. They understood this. They, they memorized the Torah. They, they, they knew a Messiah was coming. So when they said that, it kind of just put a line in the sand that this is Jesus is him, right? And then when they preached to the Gentiles, they preached that he is Lord, meaning he's the only God, right? So same message, just method was a little different based on the people and culture they were speaking to. Interesting side note, hence Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ, the Messiah to them. Amen. Okay, verse six. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Somebody say, operate in the power of God. Say it again. Say, I am called to operate in the power of God. Verse seven, for unclean spirits. Here we go again. Somebody say deliverance. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. Okay, torment, possessed. They are two different things. Same devils, just different level of occupation, right? Um, okay, so verse seven again. Let me read this. I'll finish the verse eight. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Here's my next point, folks. Here it is. Deliverance brings joy. All right? Deliverance brings joy. 
okay? Some people might not understand it. Some people might think it's a little out there. I mean, we, we have no control on how people think or perceive things, but spiritually, in truth, it produces joy. Here is the, here's the thing. Deliverance, healing, and the power of God produces joy. And in this context, there were people getting delivered, but it produced joy in the city. So there is something supernatural, something powerful, something to be said about when a soul, a person is delivered from demonic torment, demonic possession, demonic oppression, whatever three. We're gonna cover those three today, torment, possession, and oppression. Uh, when that happens, it produces joy beyond the person that actually received the deliverance. There's something about this we, we, that, that we must understand that joy is the outcome of deliverance and that outcome of joy isn't just in and on the person that receives deliverance. It, it, it impacts far more than them. It, it's, it's, it, it's, it's the power of God on a person produces joy in those that believe. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Once again, deliverance brings joy. It says, verse eight, and there was actually great joy or mega joy or a lot of joy in the city, all right? So, hallelujah. Let's operate in the power of God. At, at minimum, I want you to believe and expect God to use you to operate in his power. Why? Because you're a believer. Because the Spirit of God is inside of you. Because this is the Great Commission. The Great Commission isn't to create religious converts, the Great Commission is to reveal Christ to the world and he, the person, Christ, the transcendent, all-knowing, always was, is, always will be living God is made known through not only the preaching of the gospel, but the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. You are called to operate in the power of God. Why? Because it's gonna produce joy not only in the person that's delivered, but also in the, those that believe as well. Hallelujah. So joy, what jo what's this word? This, this joy that happened, it, it's, it comes from the word grace. I think I preached on this a couple months ago. Um, it, it comes from the word joy. Um, no, sorry, it comes from the word grace, charisma, caris, okay, cari, joy is grace recognized. Um, this is what it does. When we see somebody get delivered, when we see somebody get healed, in whatever way, in whatever context, they were, they were vexed, tormented, now they're free. They were uh, sick mentally, emotionally, physically, and healed. What does that do? It causes people to see the grace of God. That's what joy is. Joy means to rejoice because of the experience of God's grace. Like you see grace, you're gonna shout, right? You see grace, you're gonna rejoice. You see grace, you're gonna sing. You see grace, you're gonna lift your hands. Like, so what is joy? It just means grace recognized. Wow, that person was bound and now they're free. That person was sick. That person was addicted. That person was lost in sin. Um, that person was tormented. Now they're free. That is grace 
And when we see grace, we'll give God praise. When we see grace, we'll leap for joy. So it means awareness of God's grace. Look at when we don't believe in deliverance, think about this. We don't believe in healing. When we don't believe in, in the power of God, what are we doing to God's grace? We're unbeknownst to us, known or unknown, conscious or subconscious, we are stifling, pushing down the, the, the grace recognized. Come on, somebody, we need to get off faith up, right? We need to let our faith arise in God's not only saving grace, but delivering grace, okay? Deliverance opens our eyes uh, to the grace of God. This is the one way we actually, it is one way, not the one way, but it is one way we actually experience God's grace. Whether I'm witnessing it or it's happening to me, that is the grace of God. Look at that, the grace of God. Come on, somebody. All right, so check this out. In the biblical narrative, all right? We're gonna move on here to the next thing. In the biblical narrative, um, deliverance, and we're talking Book of Acts and, and the Gospels, when Jesus walked the earth, deliverance consistently caused uh, two outcomes. And, and most of the time, you see these outcomes manifesting simultaneously. Okay, so, so when, when deliverance happens, the power of God moves, you always see two things happen. You see the result of joy, right? Joy or grace recognized to rejoice, to rejoice because of grace. You see praise happen, right? You see praise, but you also see persecution. And so this is the price. I believe just from reading the scripture, okay, the joy of deliverance is praise. But there's a price in deliverance, and that is persecution. Acts chapter 10, verse 36 to 46. So you notice we're just going through Acts. Read. There's so many more in Acts, man. I, we're only going to get, we might get to chapter 16. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, I might just give you the reference to, to study it and read it yourself, and maybe I'll just go kind of quickly through that one. But we did Acts 5, Acts 8. Look, this is, so when you see something, come on now, come on now, you Bible readers, okay? Anybody out there just love the scripture? When you see this consistent theme, okay, and we're talking book of Acts now, right? We're talking, this, 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 is, this is the church, okay? This isn't. You know, praise God for the miracles that happened in the Old Testament, Old Covenant. And God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yeah, but you know, and even in the Gospels, you know, Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And he, you know, casted out devils, healed the sick, and had his disciples doing the same, right? Cope, that's awesome. And But even all the more, like when you see the church doing this, this is the Holy Spirit now through the church. We are a part of the body of Christ. We are the church. And so when you see it here so prevalent, prevalently and consistently, right? We, we must be people that are gonna believe God for deliverance for people, believe God for healing for people, 
believe God for the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, can I get an amen, somebody? Okay, so let's do this. Acts 10, 36, let me read here. All right, the, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Let's read again. So this is Peter preaching to Cornelius at Cornelius' house, okay? So he got the vision, Cornelius got a vision, and he goes, okay? And he's like, man, he's in a Gentile's house, um, and he's preaching Jesus is Lord. You notice he's not preaching the Christ, or at least that, that, that approach. He's saying Jesus is Lord, meaning he's Lord of all these other pagan gods y'all are worshiping. Somebody say amen. And so the context, he, by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, he knew his context, he knew his audience, and he's like, I'm gonna tell them that Jesus is Lord of all. <laughs> all right? So he's in Cornelius' house, talking about Jesus now. Okay, and he, Peter's the first-hand account of Jesus, right? Let me, let's read verse 38 again. I, I believe if you want to memorize a, a verse today, a scripture you want to extract from this message, I strongly encourage you to memorize Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Here it is. Let's read it again. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay, now 44, verse 44, look at the results of preaching the gospel. Here's, here's one of the results. While Peter was still, still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. So the Holy Spirit was already in the earth, but he fell, meaning he manifested himself, okay? Revealed himself. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Verse 44, and those of the circumcision who, who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter uh, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Deliverance and healing are good things, okay? Because uh, it says he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Deliverance and healing are God things. And they, according to this verse, it is a good thing. Jesus went about doing good. What was the good that Jesus did, he delivered people that were oppressed from the devil and he healed them. Okay, here is my last and final point. Jesus breaks oppression off of people. Okay, for this purpose was the son of God made manifest that he might 
destroy the works of the devil. He was anointed to heal the oppressed. And oppression wasn't just circumstantial, a bad day. It says they were oppressed by the devil. Jesus breaks oppression off of people. This word healing, I'm gonna give you these definitions and then we're gonna pray today. This word healing means to make whole. To make whole. Somebody say, what we say, make me whole, Jesus. Uh, particularly as supernatural. This is the literal definition of this Greek word, supernatural, and bringing attention to the Lord himself, the great physician. So it's a different word in, in the Greek than the other word healing we shared. This one means literally to make whole, uh, supernatural, and bringing attention to the Lord himself as the great physician. Okay, so it says that he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed. This is what oppressed means. This is why even somebody that is has confessed Christ can deal with oppression because of the sin and lifestyle of their past, maybe because of sin in their life that they've left an open door, okay? Maybe the, 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 they've listened to the lies of the enemy and submitted themselves to it, even though they're born again and saved, that they have listened to what he's saying about them and, and lying to them. Um, I, I've met Christians that are extremely suicidal, have had moments of total despair, and that is not the Holy Spirit talking to them. Come on, somebody. They are literally oppressed. And this is what the word oppressed means, okay? It means to uh, exercise rulership over, to push down, okay? Now, I'm gonna read this definition, okay? And I'm not saying every Christian is oppressed by the devil, no. But we must realize that, that not everything a Christian goes through is just quote unquote life. Come on now. They, 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 they could have given, that's why Paul wrote and says, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him an open door. The devil walks about, and, he, and, and Peter's talking to the church as well. And he's saying that the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to those that were suffering, that were going through things. And, and here it is. Let's just expose that spirit that would try to oppress God's people. And this is what oppression means, okay? It doesn't mean possession, okay? We, we read earlier, you know, in, in Acts chapter eight about possession. And possession means, in the definition that we just read earlier, it means to possess, okay? To have ownership of that vessel. And, and oppression is not that. Oppression doesn't mean the devil has ownership of you. It just means he's pushing you down. He's lying to you. He's deceiving you. Come on now. And this is what it means. Oppression. It's where we get the word dynasty. Okay, because the dynasty oppresses because they're in a place of rulership. Okay, not all dynasty. I get it. Dynasty can be a positive thing. I get it. The Lakers have a dynasty. I get it. Okay, all right. But but that's the idea that they are on top and everybody else is losing, right? or, or they were. Uh, but anyway, um, you get what I'm saying. But this is what the word kata dynasteo. And so uh, kata means down. Uh, dynasteo or dynasties means to exercise rulership. Okay, so here it means. This is what it means. Oppression. Oppression. Jesus heals from oppression. This is what oppression means. Denying us the higher position or blessing, 
that we should enjoy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it one more time. When the devil lies, we need to rebuke that devil. Somebody needs to say amen. You need to drive him out. You need, you need to exercise your authority. Why? Because this is what oppression means. Meaning he lies and schemes and does what he does to cause us to deny our higher position, which is in Christ. Our higher position or blessing that we should enjoy. It means to tyrannize, to dominate, to treat harshly. Okay? Somebody say, devil, you gotta go in the name of Jesus. Say it again. Devil, go in Jesus' name. All right? Our weapons aren't just to um, speak to him all the time. Many times praise is your weapon. Worship, as we discussed today, is your weapon. Obedience to God is a weapon. Uh, fellowship with God's people is a weapon. Gathering with God's people is a weapon. Hearing the word of God is a weapon. All right? Come on, somebody. And so we got all kind of weapons. But the point is, we do not have to tolerate oppression. That devil's got to go in the name of Jesus. All right? I'm just going to give you the reference of this last portion of scripture. And we're going to pray because I, I don't have time to go through all this, but I'm going to give you the whole context. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 19. Actually, all the way to verse 24. So Acts 16, verse 16 to 24, okay? And I'm gonna read quickly, okay? Just the first part of this. But please go back and look at this powerful picture of deliverance. Now we're in Paul's time, and God's still delivering people. I'm gonna read quickly, and then I'm gonna pray just so you can see the, the very end of this, all right? But, but here it is, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling she was operating in spiritual things and it was demonic. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her the very day, verse 19. But when her master saw that her hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. The point is here, he was greatly annoyed. And he said to the spirit, come out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for deliverance. I thank you. God, I pray for everybody here joining, listening and hearing and a part of this gathering. I pray, God, that they would operate in the power of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, like never before. I thank you, God, that you have called us to operate in power, not just experience your power, but to operate in it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, Join us for one of our weekend gatherings and don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.